0: It's Lauren Jacobs, the author of Yehuda Chosen by God. And I'm so grateful and want to welcome you over to the Heartbeat website, to my website, where I share little bits of my heart and hopefully larger messages and pictures that Abba Father gives me to give to you. I'm so excited that you are going to be joining me as we go into this devotional. And I'm going to be dealing with four specific things from the book of Nehemiah more specifically. We will be drawing out things that are going to speak to our hearts. This devotional is meant to be interactive in the sense that perhaps we can't be sitting alongside each other, but it I hope we'll feel like we really are together because I will be presenting you questions that you need to think about. These are questions that you really need to think about in your own life. And hopefully I want to encourage you right now that you will grab a pen and a journal and that you will write down perhaps the questions as well as the answers and that you will take some time out to reflect because that's what it's all about. It's inviting our Messiah. It's inviting our Savior towards our hearts and saying, how can I go deeper with you through the things that I hear and experience? And I pray that these devotionals will be a place where you can have your heart refreshed, but also where it will start a conversation between you and God, where it will start a conversation where you and him will connect together and you will experience something. So today I want to answer the question. I first want to ask it and then answer it. The question is, can I be real with my emotions? The truth about this is quite deep because as a counselor and a therapist for many years I worked with abused women and as a trauma counselor I was exposed to many different kinds of trauma and many different kinds of ways that we deal with our emotions. As a therapist I spent 10 years being trained and trained and trained to deal with other people's emotions. But when it came to a deeper realm of spirituality, when I was exposed to to people often in spiritual communities, they really struggled to go deep with their emotions. They also really struggled to be real with their emotions and to know how far can I take this. We've been exposed to theology that teaches our emotions are not positive, but our emotions are intricately part of us as human beings and we should not ignore our emotions. We should also be real. I always say, and this is a fundamental belief to any kind of therapy or any kind of working through any kind of issue, it starts with owning your own emotion. If you can own an emotion, then you can begin to heal from that emotion. For example, if you are angry and you keep on pushing that anger away, it will just build up and build up to a point where there's no lid that is able to contain that emotion. If you can own your anger and you can say, I am angry, You start to realize that when you take an ownership, there is a peace that comes and also a breakthrough that comes. It's time where you can heal. You can only heal through something that you believe is real. So today I want to ask, can I be real with my emotions? In the book of Nehemiah, we are presented with a story that is actually hard to read and it's hard to understand in some ways if you don't know the background of the story. Now these aren't teachings. My husband and I are in the teaching ministry and we do really big and deep teachings. This is not a teaching time but I'm just going to give you a nugget of context. Nehemiah is part of the exiles of Judea, part of the Jewish people that are in exile and he is a Jewish man who is employed to work and serve the king Artaxerxes. And Now, Artaxerxes was a very, very powerful king, and the Jewish people were very, very fresh from the womb of exile. The Jewish people had gone into exile into Babylon, and then Babylon was conquered by Persia. And Persia took many of the Jewish people, and they became a part of the Persian Empire, which is why we have the story of Esther. But Nehemiah is a, a very, very well-known Jew who is working for the king. And a lot of people decades earlier under Ezra were, were taken back to Jerusalem. The exiles of the Jewish people were taken back. And they were in Jerusalem, but the temple was not rebuilt. And the group of exiles who had tried to pick up their lives back in Jerusalem were really struggling. It was a really small group of people. And they were trying to build their homes and they were trying to make ends meet in a place that was ravaged. In a place that had been broken down and destroyed by the Babylonians all the years earlier. And so Nehemiah is now in a position of power. He, he's only a cupbearer, so he's, he doesn't have authority, but he stands in the presence of royalty each and every single day. And Judah was once a place that was thriving. Jerusalem was a beautiful place where the holy temple was. And Judah was a place of safety. The holy temple of Yahweh connected the people to their God. But when, when they went into exile was a place of ruin. And Nehemiah was an incredibly wise and discerning individual. So what happened was he inquires about the people from the people, how are the exiles doing? How are the people in Jerusalem doing? How is the temple doing? Is it being rebuilt? What's happening? So he's actually asking, what is actually going on? Tell me about Jerusalem. Tell me about the exiles. Tell me about what the people are doing. And then in Nehemiah 1 verse 4, we actually read this. That when Nehemiah heard many things he heard many things he heard something that that was told to him was that those who have survived the exile and those who are back in the province are in great trouble and they're experiencing great disgrace the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are being burnt with fire there's no walls to protect the people there's no gates to protect what's coming in and out and then Nehemiah goes on to say when I heard these things I sat down and wept for some days i mourned." And I fasted and I prayed before the God of Israel. Too often in our own lives we run to our parents, we run to our spouses, our friends, family members, co-workers, colleagues, therapists. When in actual fact, we know that they should not be our primary place of refuge. We do need our friends and we do need our our family members. And it is so good to process with someone else. It's so good to send a message to someone else and share that burden because we are called to walk alongside each other. But Nehemiah ran with tears streaming down his face. His heart was in turmoil and there was a great sorrow that was suffocating his heart. But he ran to the place where he knew the refuge was. And that was, he ran into the arms of the great I Am. He knew where to pour out his heart and he knew that it was safe to do that. And his prayers, not only were prayers of processing and prayers of pain and prayers of lamenting, but his prayers also led to an action. His prayers in pain led to a deeper vision that God had for him in his life. And that is amazing. And that is what Nehemiah did. We can also assume that during the, his prayer times, that Abba Father released a vision into the ears of his soul. And he carried that fire of hope within him. It began to brew. Something began to stir within him. Even though he was incredibly sad and his face was down. Because in the book of Nehemiah chapter 1, it goes on to say how he served before the king. King Artaxerxes and the king noticed his cap had a sad face on him. And it also says that Nehemiah was scared because he had never served before the king like that before. So yes, the sadness was still there, and Nehemiah was not hiding that sadness. He actually was wearing his heart and his sleeve so that someone else could see that he was sad. Even though he was not hoping to do that and didn't want to wear a sad face, he didn't hide his emotions. But the very, very first place that Nehemiah went to, to receive hope and to pour out his emotions, was at the feet of Abba Father. That may not seem like a very deep truth or a very deep thing, but it actually is. And I want to ask you this. Discouragement and stress and despair and fear can be present along with faith. But is there something right now if you still your heart? You can be an incredibly beautiful, spiritful, faithful individual. And you can still have fear or pain or sorrow in your heart. It doesn't make you less of a person. And it doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you less spiritual or it doesn't make you less than anybody else. You have value that only you have. So I want to ask you to sit for a few minutes, even after you've listened to the short devotional. And I want you to try and still your heart, to feel that stillness. And then I want you to ask yourself, is there something that you're sitting with? Maybe many things, maybe many sorrows, maybe many feelings. Have you shared those things with your God? Have you allowed Him to speak to you? And if He is speaking to you, what is He saying to you? Is there something that actually is happening inside of you? Is there perhaps a new vision that you are receiving? Is there perhaps something that is brewing in your heart, even right now while you listen to me? Or is there something that you need to do for someone else who is suffering today? Maybe there's something that Father wants you to do personally. And I want to invite you to rest into that space with Him. To take up that space. To take some time now. And to break this down. If you haven't shared your feelings and your sorrows with God yet, do that. Spend some time and just speak to Him. Forget about everything else and communicate with Him. And then take a journal and listen to what He is saying to you. Or ask him, is there someone suffering today that I know that I need to say something to? Do I need to encourage them in how they have dealt with their suffering? Do I need to say what an example they've set for me in my life? Through how they have suffered with dignity or been through a trial and have come out victorious? Maybe you, maybe you want to honor them. Maybe you want to bless them. Is there something that you can do for, for them? Make a list in your journal of those things, of the things that are also causing you discouragement, despair and then work through those things with God. Right now it's just about, is there a place for my emotion? And the resounding answer to that question is yes, of course there is. Lastly, I want us to refer to 1 Samuel chapter 1 from verse 15. 1 Samuel chapter 1 is a powerful story of a woman we know really well and her name was Hannah. And Hannah, we know, was very, very sad because she could not have a child. And in her sorrow, she went and pleaded by the temple of God. And she wanted a child. And it was always God's will to give her that child. But I want to ask you this as we close off today. If Hannah never prayed those powerful, sorrowful, painful prayers before the God of the universe... The prophet Samuel, who anointed the first king of Israel, who anointed David, the mighty king after God's own heart, and who, was a, who became a judge, Samuel became a judge over the people of Israel. And he led them, and he helped them, and became a powerful, powerful man of God. If his mother Hannah never prayed those prayers, and never sought God with such power, in such pain, the prophet Samuel would never ever have been born She never hid her pain, but she shared her emotions with God. Today there is a place for your pain, dear friend. And that place is the God of everlasting, the God of ages. I want to end off with saying Psalm 62 verse 8 says, Pour out your heart before Him. And pour out your heart before Him today because He understands. Thank you so much for joining me. I pray that you have been so, so blessed. I'm Lauren Jacobs and you're with the Heartbeat Devotionals.